0: Welcome aboard, Captain.
1: Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, the search for Spock, one
0: minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. That would make me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Chris, welcome. Hey, thank you, sir. Good to be back. Yes, it is good to be back. (sighs) So we've
1: moved on to the 40s. We're in minute number 40, my friend. Where does does time go? It's just flying. We could probably ask the Back to the Future guys, because they know all about time and time travel, right? (laughs) Nice cross (laughs) plug there. (laughs) Um, So this minute starts with Scotty saying, yes, sir. And ends with Kirk saying, Good evening, Commander. Is everything ready? <sighs> so, again, we're treated to two two scenes. The ending of our brief meeting, uh, we met briefly uh, Captain Styles in the last minute, where he said, uh, "Ah, Mr. Scott, calling it a night, in all his smarmy glory. And here, we get even more smarminess. So smarmy. So smarmy. Mis- yeah, Mr. Scott says, uh, yes sir, and he says, uh, turning in myself, looking forward to breaking some of them Enterprise Speed Records tomorrow. Yeah, that's like, such
0: <laughs> on so many levels, such a <laughs> jerky thing to say,
1: right? Oh, it is. Uh, and I think if this wasn't a PG movie, I think Mr. Scott would have said, F you, my friend.
0: <laughs> yeah uh although we do see him take it out on something later but um yeah it's you know he's insulting how many things is he insulting at once he's (laughs) insulting scotty right scotty's ship yeah you know i mean in as much as the ship is kirks it's scotty's ship too oh yeah Uh, so he's insulting scotty to his face um he's insulting the enterprise yeah not cool yeah very not cool so, so I, I know we've talked I know we talked about it before. I think we've talked about it before like all the all the captains that you you meet in Star Trek. Right, yeah. And how we would compare them to Kirk and Picard and uh and it, it seems like all it seems like frequently we just meet all these jerk or ineffective captains all over the place and this is just yet another. Like, man, man, hate this guy. You never meet another. Well, like
1: it's funny you uh, it, yeah, it's funny you say that. You say that because I've been watching um uh, I started a while ago. I started watching Next Generation, and I finally started back up again. And I'm now midway through like season five. And you know, you meet a couple of admirals and other people, and I'm like, man, how do these people uh, live and work
0: in Starfleet? Because they are just a bunch of d bags. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, it seems like that's all it is. But uh, you, you would think once you'd meet a like a charismatic captain, like. Kirk yeah. or Picard you know and not just a, you know a uh, you know just a fellow like oh yeah, so there's there's more than just just two of them in all of Wars Star- right <laughs> yeah exactly um, but anyway, yeah, so uh, here's a question for you um, um, sure, they're looking forward to breaking some of enterprise's speed records tomorrow i I didn't know that enterprise held speed records i I did not know either. That kind of surprised me a little bit like well i mean much as we love the enterprise and the Enterprise is, you know star trek um that's one thing i never heard them describe like you know the millennium falcon right being the fastest hunk of chug in the galaxy you never heard them say enterprise you know the fastest ship in the fleet you know i don't think i ever remember hearing that
1: yeah i mean i thought i th- I, I thought about this line and to me this line always sort of stands out to me, and I'm going to make a really bad comparison. Okay. I'm prefacing it up front that I am making a bad comparison. So, do you remember the movie Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise? Oh,
0: God, yeah, had
1: the, the NASCAR one? So it was the NASCAR one. Yeah. So he's talking to, you know, uh, Robert Duvall and Tom Cruise are talking, and it comes around that, you know, all the cars essentially have to be made the same, I only have to be able to beat the other drivers. It's not the car, it's the driver. Mm -hmm. So, here, wouldn't essentially most starships that were created at the same time, obviously they make improvements as they, you know, you build them, you make improvements, as we see with Excelsior with their, you know, transwarp engines, um, ideally, wouldn't most starships be rated the same? I mean, obviously there's maybe uh, a little classes. bit. But I mean, like, if you make two galaxy-sized warshi- galaxy-size starships at the same time, ideally they should both be the same speed. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm getting at, is that the yeah. ship should all be the same, and obviously within its own class. Right. So should there be a, quote, fastest ship, like the Millennium Falcon? Because there, I mean, you have different you know different ships with within the rebellion and all that kind of stuff there's no standard um here we're in starfleet and there is a standard they're all sort of made you know galaxies are made this way and you know other ships are made that way you know so that's why i'm sort of wondering by this about this line i i i kind of was like hmm well aren't they all sort of made made the same so wouldn't they all be able to theoretically achieve the same warp Maximum, right again, uh, uh, obviously we know we have Scotty on the enterprise, so he makes modifications and could ideally you know boost speed here and there, but by how much
0: yeah that, that that's a, that's what I was thinking too that was gonna be kind of my answer.' It's, well two answers right one is, okay, so you've got all the different classes of ships, so you know theoretically they're all gonna have their own you know maximum limits of how fast they can go so really comparing excelsior to enterprise is kind of an apples and oranges thing so enterprise only has standard warp engines right and this thing's got transwarp so it's like kind of like comparing like oh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna break your speed your speed records for your car using my rocket ship over here like it's you know yeah it doesn't, doesn't really compare um which just is what he's doing and it's just accentuates the, you know, smarminess of the, yeah. um, and then the other one, yeah, the, <clears throat> the tinkering. I think we know, <clears throat> I think we know it probably more in next generation, you know, Geordi was always modifying the enterprise, right. Always making changes as they went along and, and right right. Scott is doing the same thing. So there's, there's, they're always tweaking it and I'm sure they can, you know, gain a little, gain a little performance out of, out of the ships and out of the engines. And, but yeah, it's just a, he's just, he's just saying it to be a jerk. Yeah. Just saying it to be a jerk. Yeah. Jerk. jerk. All right. So we hate captain styles. We do for now 20 seconds.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, you know, and Scotty is, you know, all, ah, yes, sir. Good night. No problem. Hey, thank you. Um, uh, until he gets into the elevator, the turbo lift, uh, <laughs> and so uh, the turbo lift, the the voice, yeah, level please, um, that voice is in the credits, uh, credited to Frank Force. Uh, is the guy who 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 does the elevator, the turbo lift voice? Um, okay, Frank Force is Leonard Nimoy. Oh. Yeah, so if you listen closely, you can. I, I did not know that till, you know. Uh, but if you listen closely, you're like, oh yeah, I can. I can hear a little Nimoy in there. Um, I will have to go back and listen. I did. I did not know that. So yeah. So this is this is yet another great joke. Um, or I think is a great joke. I don't know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> so Scotty says, you know, transporter room, and Terrell says, thank you. <laughs> and Scotty says, up your oh, shaft.
1: Do you think? Do you think he says that? So I, I had made a comment I think last, uh, last minute, and I said, "Where are, where, where is Scotty coming from?" Because you know he's in like this giant room. So is he in, like hmm. space dock, or is he on the Excelsior? Well, I, I believe he's in the Excelsior because he's obviously leaving the Excelsior, um, and his attitude towards the turbo lift sort of furthers my belief that he's on the Excelsior. Um, but to that point. Is he mad because he's mad at what Styles just said, or is he mad because it's the Excelsior's computer and how polite it is?
0: <laughs> uh, I, I, probably all of the above. Uh, but I think mostly he's, he's mad at Stiles. Um, he's just taking it out on the turbo lift. Because
1: I, I don't think I've ever, you know, we've ever seen a starship that says
0: thank you <laughs> after you say where you're going. Right, right. <laughs> A little too polite. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds more, something that's more you'd find in, like, Futurama.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Makes me think, again, of Spaceballs when,
1: uh, they're counting down, and, you know, they're, they're gonna blow up, and, you know, she's like, have a nice day, and they're like, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, so the scene switches, and, yeah, they, we move to, uh, scene with Ohora and, uh, another officer, mm-hmm. and, uh, they're in some sort of transporter room, um, and we find out where, where they are through their conversation. Yep.
0: They're at the Old City Transporter Station.
1: So she says, oh, uh, Roger, Old City Station at 2200 hours, all is well. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. I'm assuming that they're on Starbase or Star Stardock or Starbase. Yep. Like that's where Uhura is right now. She's not on Earth because Earth Starbase is hovering it above is. Earth, right That's where all the ships go in. So we're assuming that uh, we're assuming that they're on Starbase, right? Uh, we are assuming that, but I have some different information. okay so that's one of my questions is one, Kirk and the boys have been running around. Have they been running around in Starbase or have they been down in Earth? So to further that, we're at this old city transporter station, and is that on Earth or is that in the starbase? I think I have these sort of like little questions about what's going on, like location, because I don't know. I just need to know. (laughs) You need to know. I do.
0: I need to know. Okay. Well, here's here's what's going to help you. Well, here's what's so in the comic adaptation, let's search for Spock, uh, we have one panel uh, that shows. the exterior of Old City Station. Okay. And outside, uh, there is grass, and a car, and a big billboard that says "Old City Transporter Station, Restricted Area." Mm. So it's on Earth. And so I was wondering. So it's on Earth. So does that does that help? Yep. So that answers. So they. So Kirk and the
1: boys must also be on on Earth as well. Right. So they
0: kind of connect the dots. So McCoy yes. was in a bar. McCoy gets stopped by the agents. Bring them yep. to some kind of jail. Kirk breaks them out. And now they're, well, and now we're here. Uhura is also on Earth. Yeah. Yep. I wonder what old city means. Because, now I don't know San Francisco very well. And there could, for all I know, I should have probably Googled it. Is there is there actually a place called Old City around San Francisco? Or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. You, because whenever I hear when I hear stuff in science fiction, when you hear locations called Old City, uh, it always it always invokes that you know now we're in some apocalyptic future, right? <laughs> yeah, and we're talking about the old ones who used to run around and you know had buildings that reached the sky and you know. Well... You know, they're referring back to, you know, our cities of today, uh, but calling right. it, like, these ancient old old cities and things like that. So that's the first thing it invokes for me is like, oh, Old City, they're talking about maybe old San Francisco. I don't know. But I don't think that's Good. part of, yep. that's not really part of Star Trek's mythology. San Francisco still around, isn't it? Or did it... Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so. As we see the next movie, yes. Yes, true. So anyway,
1: Old City. So I'm going to ask another question, since we're sort of talking about, why do you need these multiple transporter stations? Transporter technology, presumably, can take you anywhere, right? So if I go to one location, I could transport to anywhere. And vice versa, I could always
0: transport back there. Uh, Well, first thing I could think of is long lines. True, I I guess. (laughs) Right, if you only had one place. And everybody be in line to get transported. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I know that's, that's a terrible idea, but that's, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> um, well, you got, you got to get from here to there, right? So you need a transporter yeah. here, and you need a transporter there. Well, so not necessarily, because oh, yeah, if you have a hub
1: or one or two hubs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you could transport to the hub because you just say, hey, David to beam to hub, and then you transport from there to your final destination. So it's sort of like a gateway, you know, a a midpoint. Right. Or do you even need to do that? Because you have site-to-site transports where you don't even go back to the pad. So, again, you could have a hub and you could, you know, someone calls in. You have a whole crew. And, you know, they call in. They say, you know, maybe you have people that are designated Old City. They handle calls coming in from Old City. And they transport people from, you know, A to B or A back to the hub.
0: You kind of making my brain melt right now. And I'm thinking too much about this. You're calling into question like <laughs> everything about transporting in Star Trek I'm like, yeah, why do you need transporter rooms at all? <laughs> <laughs> the only reason it made me think of
1: it is because again, I have been recently watching Star Trek the Next Generation and one of the scenes, uh, Wesley sets up a site to site transport transporter so he transports from one location automatically to another
0: location so yep. and yeah, I can always beam them off planets and there's yeah. no pads down there uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> does not compute speaking of transporter rooms can we talk about this one
1: yes let's do
0: is this um, is this regular ones transporter station just redressed
1: so that's exactly what it made me think of but I'm gonna go with a no. Okay. Um, Just because I think the walls do look a little different. I think they may have taken pieces, um, pieces of the old regular one, if they Mm. were around, and they just sort of reformed, reformed, uh, because they have a couple of, because the, I thought the, you know, the honeycomb portion was much larger, and there were many more pads.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you can see all of, Is it. Yeah, there was, like, two individual pads, I think, on the other side of that central double one. I can't really yeah.
1: see it. And I don't know if we... Yeah, I don't know if they have those or not, but, um... It, hey, it definitely could be. <laughs> sure. We know that they like to reuse stuff, right. so... um They could have, tear, you know, tore down the old one at the end of, you know, Wrath and they'd be like, oh, we need a transporter station. Um let's uh let's take that back out and they just sort of
0: rearranged it a little bit so it looks similar to to add to that dave yeah um uh, there is a shot in here probably around the 32nd mark uh Uhura's talking to the lieutenant yeah uh, and you can see the part of the station between them the, the screen looks all dusty like somebody's like oh it does, run their yeah their fingers on like it was super dusty can you see what i'm saying it looks yeah. like they oh, just yeah. ran their fingers all over it yep so that lends itself to your theory that yeah they just pulled the old set out of mothballs and <laughs> didn't even bother to clean it up. <laughs> or to
1: Mr. Uh, to our friend here, the lieutenant, uh, he says, uh, you know, he says to Ahura, he says, you know, you amaze me, Commander. And she says, oh, how was that? And he says, a twenty-year space veteran. You yet you choose the worst duty station in town. I mean, look at this place. This is the hind end of space. So maybe that's intentional, to give it that sort of dusty look, because it is the worst station. They, no one probably ever comes in. They're probably there all, eight hours every day doing absolutely yep. nothing.
0: Uh, other stuff, other things I like about this set. The... So the walls you mentioned the walls already, but also in the kind of the the long shot where you can see the transporter pads if you look at the floor in front of the console uh, it, it, every, on the walls and on the floor it looks like um, yeah. what do they call you know with uh, practical effects when they're making spaceship models, you know whether it's the, the death star surface or you know uh, yes, uh, you know the, giant spaceship and alien or whatever they they use kit bashing where they just take you know model sets and they break them apart and use yep. all the pieces and jam them all over the place that, that, all, everything here looks like just giant versions of of kit bashing to me yeah, oh yeah definitely it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool not that it, you know i don't want to stop and think about what's the practical value of that floor because you couldn't walk on it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's certainly cool to
1: yeah, I actually was sort of thinking, like, how do they get around there? But they must not walk yeah. on that. They must walk around.
0: And uh, one other, I know I'm, I'm jumping around the minute a little bit, but I just want to kind of take in the whole transporter station. Um, when uh, the boys arrive and they, they walk, uh, they're walking up to the uh, transporter pads, they walk yeah. past a symbol for transporting, uh, which is just like an up-and-down arrow in a, in a body that looks like it's dematerializing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really cool uh, icon for transport.
1: Yep, very cool. I will say that, you know, as we're jumping around the minute, uh, towards the end of the minute when we see the boys arrive, I do like the way they sort of come in, you know. It's all sort of dark in there, and then the doors open, and, you know, there's this like, nice blue glow
0: behind them, and then they just sort of, Kirk just
1: marches right in.
0: Oh, yeah, I think they're they're. The, the the swagger in which they walk in, and they don't even stop. They're just like, "Yep, we're here. Let's go," right? They don't even they don't even pause to, to nope. Do for hellos.
1: They don't even like yeah. They don't even look around, talk to the lieutenant. They just they just walk right by him and just be like, "Good evening, commander. Is everything ready?" You know, they're on they're on a mission. Yep.
0: All right, so let's talk about the lieutenant here. I think everybody knows the lieutenant as Mister Adventure that's uh that's i think <laughs> yes. how he's actually credited is mr adventure um and we don't yes. quite we don't learn that we don't learn that name in this minute but it's it, it it's coming um so yeah. uh, mr adventure is played by uh scott gillis scott mcginnis scott mcginnis yeah scott and McGinnis. Uh, scott mcginnis yes he his i don't know he he doesn't have anything really his filmography Nothing, nothing major jumps out at, at me. It's something I might have seen him in before, definitely, you know, Star Trek 3 uh, was the big one and uh, he yep. also he also before Star Trek was in uh, The Facts of Life, <laughs> he just played an episode he played a character named Dink Lockwood <laughs> <laughs> which is just funny <laughs> had to mention it there um,
1: Well, it also also seems a little apropos because of the way he sort of plays Mr. Adventure here <laughs> I, 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 could, I could see him playing a a character named dink <laughs>
0: yeah. uh yeah he i i see him playing this character in everything and in everything he does he just he does it so well and um yeah. i think he, the, the, the thing that stood out for us before he was in uh rathacon uh, sorry before he was in search for spock the year before he was in uh the movie joysticks <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Which looks like it's an 80s, you know, what did you say? Preps against the punks?
1: Yeah, it looked like it was like preps against the punks kind of thing. Yeah. In
0: a video game setting. Yep. Uh, or Porkies in a, in a video game setting. Yeah. Know, whatever cliche you want to use for 80s teen sex romps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the stills that you can find from from joysticks, it's like, oh, he's it's the same character. It's Dink Lockwood. <laughs> uh, but he does have a name Mr. Adventure does have a name in Search for Spock not canon right because we're only considering the film's canon but um, yeah. Vaughn and McIntyre uh, named him um, he's a Lieutenant Heisenberg
1: mm.
0: but I think I'd prefer to call him uh, Dink
1: <laughs> we're we just going to now affectionately know he's known as Dink yes. alright then so do you like him at all? Um, I don't know if I dislike him. I think his character is a good foil here um, for Ohora and what sort of is going on. Cause you got to have the sort of bright-eyed, you know, rookie who wants for you know, as he says, some adventure. And you know, he's probably stuck in the ass end of the universe and is like, man, I need to get out of here. I need to have some adventure. And I think he plays. I think he plays it
0: up very well. Oh yeah. He's pretty, uh, I mean, I I I do I, I like him, again, for the moment he allows Ahura to have. But he is a jerk. jerk. I, I keep want to say <laughs> non-PG-13 <laughs> words for these guys. But all of these characters are like, they're awful. <laughs> they're all awful. And when he's talking yes. to her, he's like, a 20-year space veteran. You choose the worst duty station in town. The disdain on his face. He's like, you like disgusted with Ahura. I'm like, dude, he, you're talking to a 20-year space veteran. let well, show some respect. Well, well, I think the better
1: line is, is when she replies to him and says, she says, uh, peace and quiet appeals to me, Lieutenant. And he's like, well, maybe that's okay for someone like you whose yeah. career is winding down. I mean, yeah. he just basically came out and said, you're old lady. Yeah,
0: he obviously doesn't know who her at all. Of <laughs> course, how, how long do you think they've been working together? Right, right. Yeah. Do you get the impression that this is like their first night working together, or they've been working together for a couple of days? I mean, it can't can't have been too long, because we know, you know, since they've conco- concocted the plan, who we are had to get, you know, uh, assigned to this station as part of the plan. Right. Yeah. I feel like this is this is new.
1: This is really new. Whether it's today or yeah. in the past couple
0: of days. So maybe he feels a little more comfortable with her, and he's. <laughs> So he's okay to just talk down. or <laughs> I don't know. It's terrible. Right, yeah. And the look she throws, even if I was saying those words to her, the look she throws at him, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to shut up now. Because she looks like she's about to kick my butt. Yeah. When
1: they say staring daggers, that is the look that I think of. Absolutely. But then I think he, you know, he mentions it he says, but me, I need some challenge in my life, some adventure, maybe even just a surprise or two. And uh, her her reply there is fantastic because it's like, you know what they say, Lieutenant? Be careful what you wish for. You may get it. And on <laughs> cue, Kirk and the boys come rolling in. And it's like, here you go, boy. That is that is a great, great timing. Because now he's panicking because he's like, they come rolling in. he jumps out of his chair and he's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I like Mr. Adventure. I, I like him. I think he plays. Like I said, he's a good foil for
0: Aurora and does his job well here. I do you think he'll? I think maybe this is one of the first times we've learned that there, you know, in Starfleet, there are other jobs than being on a starship. So we know we've seen space doc, hmm. uh, We've seen janitors. Right. We know people. Are, we know there mm-hmm. are teachers and trainers, um, but I don't think we've known that there are random. Transporter stations strewn about the planet that somebody from Starfleet has to man. So, makes me wonder is it so? Is it what, you know, what he's complaining about? Is it, you know, is, is he worried that he's never going to get into space? That he's only ever going to be able to, he's going to be earthbound doing this kind of stuff his whole career? Probably. Well, it, it begs to, you know,
1: the question is, uh, does he, maybe he just doesn't have the skills. Maybe he was if he's as young as we believe he is you know a little wet behind the ears maybe uh maybe he doesn't deserve to be on a starfleet maybe he was put here for a reason whether it's disciplinary or maybe he just does not maybe he just does not have the uh skills to be on a starship
0: do you think he would have taken the kobayashi maru test or is that really for only you know different it's never quite well i'm gonna go with i think well we no, go ahead. Wait, wait, what's your answer?
1: No, I was just going to say, I think those are people that are groomed for command. And I think if you're on the hind end of the universe, I'm pretty sure you're never going to be in a position of command, unless you're going to command this transporter
0: station. <laughs> well, but where I was going with that, I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. But the, the Kobayashi Maru test was not just for SAVIC in command. There was a bridge right. crew there and they were being tested as well. Yeah. So this, so that's, I guess that's more what I meant was it did, did he even get to that point. Oh, okay. You know, or, or, or did he, you know, somewhere along the way in his Academy days were like, Oh, this kid's going nowhere. Um, yeah, I'm going to guess he's, he's going nowhere. All right. Well, speaking of going nowhere, I am out of notes for this minute. <laughs> as right. am I. Well, why don't we wrap it up? Um, and, folks, uh, you know what we haven't done in a while? We uh, we haven't really given a shout-out to the boys at Star Wars Minute. Uh, they are the folks, Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson, the ones that started the whole Movies by Minutes format um, and uh, lent it out to us. And uh, just wanted to say thank you and acknowledge them. And also, to, uh if you like this Minute by Minute format, you should go out to moviesbyminutes.com and check out all the other films that are being covered Uh In this podcast format there's dozens of them so if you've got a favorite movie other than star trek it's probably being done um so go ahead check that out and we're going to be back again here on wednesday talking about minute 41 of the search for spock here at the star trek minute bye now bye